Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey there, Solar Warrior, and welcome to another Tactical Tuesday, a short-form conversation with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career. Gosh, can you believe it? It's almost Thanksgiving. My, where has 2019 gone? Today, I am serving up some extra gravy to whet your appetite, and I know that you're going to love it. We are coming at you with almost episode number 200. We're sneaking in on it. It's episode 198. I got some great feedback, actually, back on episode 183 in September with my friend and returning guest, Karen Barardo, where she and I touched on the topic of ESG as it pertains to investing. It's clear that ESG is a hot topic these days, and it's also clear that it's all not all that well understood. So, Karen is back to give us a primer on the subject, to which she's now dedicating much, if not most, of her time. Today, we discuss the increasingly important role sustainable and socially responsible investing is commanding for corporate and institutional investors, and the environment, social, and governance criteria that are driving that adoption worldwide. You can find more Tactical Tuesdays just like this one over at mysuncast.com. And hey, while you're there, I'd be honored if you would take two precious more minutes out of your wonderful life and to fill out our listener survey. Maybe you'll do that over the Thanksgiving holiday. I'll be doing a drawing soon as a holiday gift for one of our tribe. Pulling from our survey takers, if you leave your email, of course. And our email subscribers, another way that you can leave your email and grab a bunch of goodness from us on a weekly basis. I'll be gifting a one-year membership to the Suncast Tribe Premium Membership, which has been for time and memoriam priced at about 85 bucks. That price is going up. Stay tuned later in the week for a special Black Friday Cyber Monday offer. To get details on that, do subscribe to the Tribe You'll find the survey and subscription options on the homepage. And thanks again for helping us learn how to serve you better. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful Tactical Tuesday here on Suncast. So why don't we quit teasing it here? And if you would, give us perhaps the down and dirty primer on uh, ESG. What does it mean? How is it being used? Who is primarily involved, et cetera? I think at least in a lot of business schools up until maybe 10 years ago, no one was talking about ESG. Mm, yeah. <laughs> maybe more than 10 years ago, but relatively little discussion even about social responsibility. And at the same time, movements for social responsibility have obviously been behind political movements and social movements for 100 years, at least, if not more. 
in the U.S. And as I was doing some research into ESG, some of the origin stories that you know were presenting themselves to me was thinking about the role of union labor pension funds in trying to make businesses be more responsive to labor. And also the role, the really, I think, very pivotal role of uh, the anti-apartheid movement and shareholders in companies such as Shell and oil and gas companies, companies were very active in South Africa, shareholders saying, and consumers, we're not going to take it. We cannot support these kinds of political movements. And and that really, I think, brought a whole new level of uh, discussion into you know consumers boycotting businesses and also shareholders saying we have a responsibility to do the right thing. And you know that was happening shortly after the time that Milton Friedman wrote his really famous um, article, 1970, in the New York Magazine, when he said the only role of business is to maximize profits. There is no responsibility for social responsibility in a business. If you care about what's happening in society, that's government's role. And if a manager wants to do better for the environment, they're going to sacrifice profits or sacrifice employee uh, compensation to do that. You know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that was true in 1970. Certainly, I like to believe that in 1970, Democrats and Republicans were actually able to focus on creating policy that benefited society. Mm-hmm. That was before Citizens United and before corporations could in- donate as much as they wanted into political campaigns and before politicians were more beholden to corporations than they were to human being voters. <laughs> so times are changing. For sure. And, you know, I think another thing that was different back in the 70s and 80s is, sure, we understood that environmental issues were an issue, but we were not experiencing climate change like we are today. And it was not quite so clear that natural resources were so limited and that our, you know, just flushing externalities, pollution, poisoning the water, poisoning the air was going to create epidemic health concerns and environmental concerns and climate change. And we're dealing with all of that now. And I'll add that we also did not have the feedback loop, the real-time instantaneous feedback loop of customer concern that exists today with Twitter you know, and other social media channels like Facebook that inform such that corporations now have a listener role, right? And they even have software acting on their behalf to figure out what's being said about us in the marketplace that we might need to address because that, that didn't come, the the consumer didn't have a voice the way that they do now. I really like that you add that Nico, because one of the things I think about is whether the consumer has adequate information to know what they're buying and to know what the right price of goods and services are, because we, we feel a little bit like corporations are operating inside a black box, which gets us to why we need ESG reporting. But I've felt like consumers don't have enough information. And even though we're in an era of more information than we can consume, we don't really know what's true. And yet, I absolutely agree with you. The ability for consumers to provide real-time feedback to companies and say, this is important to me, is shifting how some companies behave. 
Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Hey, Warrior, you know, I've always thought that commercial solar should just have an easy button for financing, the way that residential solar typically has had. But credit has always been a gating issue. Until now. Energetic Insurance levels the playing field so that project developers can now offer the same electricity savings to small and medium-sized businesses that were previously reserved for the large commercial buyers in the U.S. alone. Their Interrate Credit Cover Policy provides the missing link, that easy button I mentioned earlier, for commercial solar that a FICO score provided to residential solar which enables savvy developers and investors to quickly finance commercial solar projects. You can check it out at mysuncast.com forward slash energetic and submit your projects today. Hey, 70% of projects qualify and the review process is easy. Go to mysuncast.com forward slash energetic. Hey, are you losing commercial solar sales because of high demand charges that minimize the ROI for your customer? Extensible Energy's Demand X software is an affordable new solution for reducing peak demand charges by 30%. No batteries required. Extensible's intelligent software analyzes solar production, utility rates, weather data, and more. Then it crunches that data, monitors solar and flexible loads, and automatically reduces peak demand spikes, increasing your customer's ROI and decreasing payback time. Head to extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast for a free demand charge analysis for your project and to learn more about Extensible's partner program for commercial solar installers. You can learn more at extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast. Take us down the path of how you got involved with ESG, um, starting first and foremost with defining what, what the acronyms uh, are and how how this is sort of the natural evolution from your career of having invested at very high levels and in and across the world with uh, with sustainability and other types of funds. Absolutely. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And it is a platform for reporting information about a company. Mm-hmm. ESG is a shorthand, you know, for kind of thinking about uh, responsibility, but from from my perspective, it's really around providing more information about how companies work. It's a small piece, actually, in term in in terms of a bigger framework around impact and social responsibility and a whole bunch of different reporting. And so, right now, when I talk about ESG, I really think more about public companies that report under an SEC framework, where they have required reporting, but it may not be giving us enough of the right information to really understand the value um, and the risk of a company. Yeah. And as you were explaining that, having been among the few uh, sort of early in uh, beginning of the 2000s to the MBA programs that were starting to talk about corporate social responsibility, that's when CSR and sustainability really began to proliferate and kind of make it into the mainstream as it were. I look at ESG and I think, well, where does ESG fit within CSR? You know, this acronym is alphabet soup at the end of the day on this on this episode for sure. But um, corporate social responsibility is one of those things where it's begun to become uh, expected of companies and in particular public companies and the movements of like B Corps, et cetera. So uh, is this a push or a pull strategy for ESG? And, and then where does it fit within this overall 
idea of corporate social responsibility? Great question. So in you know your financial statements, there's a pretty set metrics that you report on. The financial statements are pretty much the financial statements. We have the generally accepted accounting principles, the GAAP financials, or the international financial standards, IFRS. But when we get beyond financial metrics and start talking about environmental metrics, social metrics, and governance metrics, they're not metrics <laughs> frequently. And so what a lot because we don't have firm quantitative data, then there's no real standards about what's getting reported, how it's getting reported, why it's getting reported, and what to do with it. And so the movement in ESG is trying to get more standards and so that we can start to compare companies within an industry across you know, apples to apples against each other. Right. It seems to me like this is a portfolio management strategy at its core. Absolutely. And I think that we're seeing a lot of acceptance or at least interest in consumption of ESG data exactly from asset managers and portfolio managers like you're talking about, because they do want a metric to compare, you know, a dozen different oil and gas companies as an example, and to say, are any of these better doing a better job than the other at really understanding that natural resources are limited or that they might be using more water or more have more environmental impact than another and trying to proactively adapt their behavior to mitigate their environmental impact, right? And so you might take a, a dozen different companies within an industry and some are just kind of clear-cutting the area and others are kind of saying, yeah, we are in an extractive industry and we're also going to start investing in new energy resources and renewables because we as a corporation see our long-term strategy for success to be sustainable. We've got to change our portfolio mix from extractive into more renewable. And if I have a choice between investing in those two companies, I'm going to see that the company that's thinking about the long-term is a company that we're also gradually seeing is getting more rewarded with higher valuations, less stock price volatility, and that's a better investment for you to make. Wow. Well, well, just like that, we wrap on episode 198 of Suncast. Can you believe it? We're closing in on number 200. Don't go anywhere. I have some more to share with you on our plans for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and even Giving Tuesday. Yes, that's the Tuesday following all this craziness of shopping. But before I forget, you can find the list of resources mentioned in each and every episode on the show notes page of my blog. You can head over to the show notes as well to download a copy of the Chicago Global Strategies Corporate Overview in which Karin and her team have reviewed the famed Chicago Investment framework upon which Chicago Global Strategies is uh, is operating and how they are building out their investment thesis along that framework. You can also get a copy of their ESG policy, the Chicago framework in the context of ESG investing, both uh, if you are looking for deeper dive and understanding how these policies apply are really great context uh, for to help you 
learn more and dive deeper. That being the show notes page is also where you'll find the social media channels for Karin and I and the other resources and highlights from this and other discussions. You can check them out at mysuncast.com and I put a handy link to the episodes and show notes right there on the homepage. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, I'd be honored if you'd take a couple more minutes out of your day and fill out our listener survey. As a way to say thank you, you'll be entered into a drawing for a one-year subscription to the Suncast Tribe Premium Membership. And you can learn more about that by clicking on the Member button on the website. It really does only take a couple minutes, and I respond to each and every one of you if you choose to disclose your email. But hey, also totally okay with those anonymous submissions. Now, if you're already an email subscriber, then you'll see in your inbox today that I've opened up our coaching schedule again to fill a few slots that I'm creating headed into the new year. If you'd like a clarity call with me to explore how and why we might work together to help you achieve your personal and professional goals in 2020, or if you're trying to grow your business past um, a million in revenue, if you have a co-founder that you just can't figure out how to align with, please click on the work with me button on the website or reply to my email so I can send you the application. I'll only be taking three new clients, so do hurry up and apply. And finally, as I mentioned earlier, I hope you are an email subscriber because I will be announcing my first ever Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal, but only to those who subscribe to the Suncast Tribe email. We'll be growing the premium membership in massive ways in 2020, and I promise you won't want to miss out on that, not the least of which is the phenomenal crew that we have amassed in our private Slack group. But I want to give you one last chance to join at the lowest price it's ever going to be offered and get access to a private community that will help you level up your game and crush it in the coming year. Everything from LinkedIn growth strategies to private webinars and much, much more is coming for the new year. Now to all my current tribe members, you rock and I am eternally grateful for your patronage. You make Suncast better. But hey, if for whatever reason you guys can't tune in for the rest of the week, I forgive you. I know it's probably because you're comatose from all the tryptophan and cranberry sauce, but you won't want to take too much time off because believe me, we have some great content coming at you the rest of this week, including our first ever Suncast live interview with Samuel Ayademo of Aurora Solar. And again on Friday, more content from our podcast live lounge at Solar Power International back in September. Hey, remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.